Hi, I'm Miranda Wright with HOWC Ministries. To learn more about our ministries, please visit us online at heartofworshipchurch.com. This know also that in the last days perilous times shall come, for men shall be lovers of their own selves, covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, without natural affection, truce breakers, false accusers, incontinent, fierce, despisers of those that are good, traitors, heady, high-minded, lovers of pleasure more than lovers of God, that while they have a form of godliness, yet do they deny the power thereof. From such, turn away. Second Timothy chapter 3, verses 1-5 through five. In this chapter, Paul gives young Timothy a strong prophetic warning. He informs him that as time goes on, many operating from an antichrist spirit will enter the pulpits, being pious, but not pure. They will have personality, but no power. They will be boastful, but not anointed. For they will be wolves in sheep's clothing, having a form of godliness, but no fruits of the Spirit. And not Paul only, but Jesus himself warned us that such would come. This is why Jesus gave us the standard by which to measure whether a person was operating by the power of his spirit or a counterfeit. He said, quote, you will know them by their fruits. Those fruits are plainly listed for us in the book of Galatians chapter 5 as love, but not just any kind of love, a specific type of love, agape, which is a selfless, sacrificial, loyal, enduring love, a godly love. Also joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Paul also warns very clearly after calling out these people's sins that though they have a form of godliness in appearance, that they have denied the power that comes with true godliness, which is holiness. They deny the overcoming power of the blood of Jesus to overcome Satan and his temptations. Because, my friend, I assure you of this, that the devil can counterfeit appearances, gifts, miracles, signs, and even perform lying wonders as we are warned about in the scripture. But he cannot move in true holiness or the fruits of God's spirit. His true, prideful, rebellious, selfish, sinful nature will eventually manifest. And if you know who your God truly is, that he is holy and you are watching as he commanded, you will see it. O Lord, open the eyes of the believers. Give them discernment and shine a light on the wolves in sheep's clothing. And then give them boldness. That when they see it in their leadership to do what Paul said and run from it.
Picking up in that same chapter in verse 7, he continues to say that these people are ever learning, yet never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. Now, as Janus and Jambres withstood Moses, so do these also resist the truth. Men of corrupt minds reprobate concerning the faith, but they shall proceed no further, for their folly shall be made manifest unto all men, even as theirs also was, speaking of Janus and Jambres. So as we continue to read this passage, this warning that was given, we see that Paul compares these counterfeits, these wolves in sheep's clothing to Janus and Jambres. These men were the Egyptian magicians that challenged Moses. They counterfeited all of God's miracles in Egypt to a certain point, but overall could not prevail against the anointing of God, nor the selflessness of his true chosen ones. These men, they lived in luxury, in palaces. They had all of the resources of Egypt at their disposal, all of the tricks, tools, and stages, all of the attention of men. Yet still did Moses' rod of authority swallow up theirs in the end, and even they had to admit that Moses' God was the true God who moved through the humble, simple, anointed, sacrificial obedience of prayerful men walking in God's righteousness and not through the gods of Egypt and all of their performances. As you continue to read the passage, we see that Paul then brings it back to Jesus' instructions on how to know the real from the counterfeit by pointing out that he himself had demonstrated the fruits of the Spirit, including the one that we most like to change the definition of in modern translations, and that is long-suffering. My friend, I tell you this with great assurity and confidence that this one is what tells the real from the insurgents most easily. We like to change the reading of this fruit into patience, but it isn't. We know that for a fact because that Paul points both long-suffering and patience out in the same sentence. So you might ask, what then is it? Well, it is exactly what it says. It is the willingness to suffer for a long time for the sake of others and for Jesus. Because you see the wolves in sheep's clothing, the false shepherds, they are selfish. They're in it for the glory, the money, the attention. They pervert the teachings of Jesus to feed their own selfish agendas and bellies. They will not endure persecution or long-suffering for the sake of the true gospel. They will not suffer and sacrifice their lives, their wants, and their desires for others. So that when things get easy, do these men and women fill the pulpits and sanctuaries because there is no test against them to manifest the unclean spirit in operation. This, my friend, is why judgment against a backslidden nation always begins in the house of God. It's to get rid of the Janus and Jambres out of it and purify the bride. Continuing on in verse 10, it says, But thou, you have fully known my doctrine and manner of life, my purpose, my faith, my long-suffering, my charity, my patience, the persecutions and afflictions which came unto me at Antioch, 
at Iconium, at Lystra, what persecutions I endured, but out of them all the Lord hath delivered me. And yes, all who will live godly in Christ will suffer persecution. My friend, nobody desires persecution, but when the church becomes so overrun with counterfeits and wolves in sheep's clothing, when so many weeds and thorns and lies and deceits have sprung up in the vineyard, does God sometimes have to take the hedge of protection, the wall down, and let the wild animals come in and tear up the ground? Because, my friend, those who are truly called and anointed of him will stand to the very end. But those that are in it for a business, for money, for notoriety, for attention, they're going to scatter and leave the flock defenseless. Or so it would seem, but then God always raises up a David. Broken, shattered, humble, unknown kings. Men and women in the wilderness that have been willing to risk their very lives to defend the sheep. God will raise them up and put them in positions of great authority. John chapter 10 verse 11 tells us this, I, Jesus, am the good shepherd. The good shepherd giveth his life for his sheep. But he that is a hireling... That means like an employee, a business person, a hireling, and not the shepherd, whose own the sheep are not. He seeth the wolf coming, and leaveth the sheep, and fleeth, and the wolf catcheth them, and scattereth the sheep. Have you ever wondered why God said that David was a man after his own heart when David was but a boy? I believe it's because David was willing to risk his life to save one sheep, one little lamb that it says that was captured by the enemy, that a roaring lion who had been creeping about seeking whom he may devour had snatched a sheep from the foal and little David was willing to risk his life and run full force after that sheep to retrieve it from the enemy. That was a man after God's own heart because Jesus was a good shepherd and he was willing to lay down his life to retrieve his lost sheep back into the fold. That's what a true shepherd of God does. But the hireling, the one who's in it for the money and the glory, when the money dries up, he's gone. And when the persecution comes, he doesn't want that kind of attention. The scripture pronounces very harsh judgments on those who take positions of religious leadership with agenda of selfish gain. In Jeremiah chapter 23, verse 1, we can read the words of our God and King against such wolves in sheep's clothing when he says, Woe be unto the pastors that destroy and scatter the sheep of my pasture, saith the Lord. Mine heart within me is broken because of the prophets. All my bones shake. I am like a drunk man. I am like a man whom wine hath overcome because of the Lord and because of the words of his holiness. For the land is full of adulterers and because of swearing the land mourneth. The pleasant places of the wilderness are dried up and their course is evil and their force is not right. For both the prophet and the priest are profane. Yea, even in my house have I found their wickedness, saith the Lord. Wherefore, their way shall be unto them as slippery ways in the darkness. They shall be driven out and fall therein. For I will bring evil upon them. Remember, my friend, that judgment always begins 
in the house of God. He's got to cleanse his sanctuary before he can even begin to work on the lost. Or else where can he send them except into the mouths of the wolves in sheep's clothing? I will bring evil upon them, he says, even in the year of their visitation. For I have seen folly in the prophets of Samaria. They prophesy from the power of Baal and cause my people to error. I have seen also the prophets of Jerusalem, a horrible thing. They commit adultery and walk in lies. They strengthen also the hands of evildoers, that none do return from their wickedness. In other words, they tell them that it's okay to remain in their sin. God's grace will cover it. Hmm. They are all of them unto me as Sodom and no different than the inhabitants of Gomorrah. Therefore, thus saith the Lord of hosts concerning the prophets, Behold, I will feed them with wormwood and make them drink the water of gall. For from the prophets of Jerusalem has profaneness gone forth into all the land. Thus saith the Lord of hosts, hearken not unto the words of these prophets that prophesy unto you, for they make you vain. They speak a vision of their own heart and not out of the mouth of the Lord. Even still do they say unto them that despise me, the Lord hath said, ye shall have peace. And they say unto every one that walketh after the imagination of his own heart, that no evil shall come upon you. Behold, a whirlwind of the Lord has gone forth in fury, even a grievous whirlwind. It shall fall grievously upon the heads of the wicked. The anger of the Lord shall not return until he hath executed, until he hath performed the thoughts of his heart. In the latter days ye shall consider it perfectly, that I have not sent these prophets, yet they ran. I have not spoken to them, yet they prophesied. For if they had truly stood in my counsel, saith the Lord, they would have caused my people to hear my words, and they should have turned them from their sin and from the evil of all of their doings. My friend, I remind you of this, that God is holy, and he must judge sin. A true prophet or pastor of the Lord will cause you to walk in alignment with God's word. He will turn you from your sin and wickedness, or he'll pour out his life trying, whether the people receive or reject it. And he will demonstrate with his life the teachings of Jesus. But the counterfeits, the Janus and the Jambres, they'll put on mighty performances, they'll boast and speak great swelling things. They'll prophesy unto you smooth things and flatter you, They'll tell you that God's okay with your sins because he still loves you. Remember the warning of Paul to Timothy that these men may seem to have a form of godliness, but they are denying the power thereof, the power to overcome the power of holiness. So from such, turn away. Because judgment is coming and it will begin in the house of the Lord at the door the false prophets. 
This message was brought to you by HOWC Ministries. To learn more about our ministries, please visit us online at heartofworshipchurch.com.